So y'all can sit here and ask me all the questions y'all want to. I'm here so I won't get fined. Hello? You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. That's the great thing about sports. You play to win. And I don't care if you don't have any wins. You go play to win. The second half, we sucked. We couldn't stop the run. Every time they got the ball, they went down and got points. We got our ass totally kicked in the second half. That's what it boiled down to. It was a horse performance in the second half. Cannot play with them. Cannot win with them. Cannot coach with them. Can't do it. Been erroneous reports. People questioning my loyalty to him. That is absurd. Next question. Next question. Next question. Next question. Next question. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. You were two and seven, you'd be in a bad mood too. Hey, fellow Warzone listeners. My name's Zach Camps. Uh, if I'm not golfing or slinging my hands a monster, I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my Dynasty passion to the next level. And I'll tell you what, well, let's just say there's writer downers for days in the Patreon. The member, you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice, personal dynasty dilemmas. They'll tackle them for you, help you out with it. You just don't get that anywhere else. But I'd say my favorite part about the Depth of Patreon is the, uh, the group chat. Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds tons of fun the fire in there is amazing great platform to post trade questions debate rookie values share insight interact with some cool people from across the globe you know shout out to those guys in australia they're blowing my phone up all the time you know the best part is there's no twitter trolls or facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about so uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more win those championships pause the podcast right now sign up and you can thank me later in the group chat What's happening, guys? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast. On tonight's show, we're going to figure out how high-stakes best ballers can help us as Dynasty startup season is upon us. That's right. Going to take a little break from the rookie content. I looked at our show list the other day, and between me and uh, Jerry and the guys with the Dynasty War Games, And, of course, Dallas with the Rookie Rundown. We've been very rookie heavy. So I wanted to do some some veteran content. Uh, Jerry's not here. Jerry's out being a super great husband, and uh, I applaud the effort. So no man of the hour and no man with the power. But uh, I do do have a guest, and he's a reoccurring guest and one of my favorite people, not only to have on the show, but just to talk about dynasty and sports and just – Things in big Sopranos guy, big Sopranos Marvel, guy. Marvel movies. Marvel movie. I mean, I mean, we we can talk. We can totally talk. Ant Man, uh, Quantum Mania, right around the corner. Um, lots of big stuff. But my guest is none other than Theo Griminger. Theo is one third of the Goat District podcast. Uh, our boys Dan and JD, as well as uh, does some high stakes writing and work for the gang over at Roto Underworld. Theo, man, how you been? I know you've. Uh, if you're following Theo at the OG, the capital O, capital G fantasy, if you're following him on Twitter, you're already doing some high stakes best ball. But, uh, man, how's the off season this last month of uh, playoffs been treating you? Uh, it's been awesome. I mean, we've had some tremendous shows in the GOAT district. Uh, and also, I've been drafting. And much like you, I'm trying to improve my dynasty uh, rosters for certain certain leagues. 
So it's kind of a, it's a very busy time because I feel like when the NFL playoffs are going on, it kind of keeps people kind of active. I mean, you see it from Dynasty, um, but the early best ball drafts have been a lot of fun. Uh, and yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's an awesome time. And, and also we get to watch playoff uh, NFL football, which is, is always a blast. And uh, we get the Super Bowl this weekend. So it's, uh, it's a great time of year. Well, speaking of the Super Bowl, before we, we we're just going to jump all over the show. Um, for those that have been listening to these newer versions of the podcast, where it's me and a guest, whether it was a couple of weeks back with Bruce Matson of the DLF or it was Garrett Price of the Dynasty Nerds, when we do this, this is a free-flowing conversation. And the reason for that is, is that Theo and I have already been talking for the better part of 30, 35 minutes. And, and we talked about, um, we did talk rookies. And it was for our patrons over at patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. So we, we come on, we're calling that show before I hit the record button, because that's what I always say. Um, the conversation before I hit the record button. So that's over there at patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. But uh, before we get into to, to the stuff, man, you mentioned there's a little thing this week, and maybe you've heard of it. It's called the Super Bowl. You, you've probably seen a thing or two. I, I heard about it in passing. It's I heard it on Good Morning America of all places. Yeah. I, I love that show. And uh, so so uh, I guess the Eagles of Philadelphia are taking on the Chiefs of Kansas City. And uh, do you have a take on this game? Do you, I mean, I think the last time I looked at the line, it was I saw Chiefs plus two and a half. I saw the Eagles plus two and a half. I've seen it kind of bounce back and forth. What, what are you What are you seeing? Um, there in Long Island, where where you're you're currently at, and, and you know, what are your thoughts and takes on the game? Not even so much from gambling, but just in general. I mean, I think it, we have to look at the quarterback play uh, first and foremost. Uh, you have just a tremendous quarterbacks. You know, to have Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts, uh, you, you have to love seeing that. You, you want to see elite quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. It's it's great to see those two guys there, uh, and it's also nice that they have a, a ton of football left. This is not like some end of the line. This is, you know, quarterbacks in their prime uh, or approaching their prime. They're, they're in the big dance. Then you also, for, for a guy my age uh, and yourself, it's it really speaks to Andy Reid because you think about all those years where Andy Reid was the Eagles coach and he had such success, uh, took them to a Super Bowl. Now he's, he's the Kansas City coach for all these years. And I just think it's, to me, it's, it kind of invokes all these memories of Andy Reid. And then you have the cool Kelsey brother matchup where there are these two really likable guys, tremendous players, and they're going up against one another as brothers. So it's, and then take it a step further. It's two just great teams. You know, it's not some dark horse that went through, you know, was a wild card and made it through you're talking about two of the teams that for weeks we, we would have predicted to be in the Super Bowl or one of the handfuls of teams that would be in the Super Bowl. So uh, we get a tremendous matchup. Uh, we get tremendous subplots and tremendous quarterback play. So it's it's a it's a Super Bowl that I think anybody who likes football has to be excited about this one. Yeah, it's it's number one seed versus number one seed, isn't that what we always? I mean, people say they they love the Cinderella story, but I think if you ask the executives over at CBS Sports, it's when Cinderella makes it to the Final Four. That's when it kills ratings because at the end of the day, in March Madness, we we say we like the Cinderella, but we really want Duke versus 
you know, Carolina. We want, we want, you know, powerhouse matchups in the championship. And we got that. And I think Andy Reid is a great message for everybody, young, old, everywhere in between. You're, you're never too old to reinvent yourself. And you're not trapped by your previous success. You know, Andy Reid had made it to several NFC Championship games as the head coach of the Eagles, made it to a Super Bowl, come up short against America's greatest American, Tom Brady. But, you know, he got let go. Uh, he didn't let that get him down. He went to Kansas City, was uh, instrumental in drafting a guy named Patrick Mahomes, and has had a hell of a run with Patrick Mahomes. So no matter what station you are in life, I think Andy Reid's a great example of you're, you're never too old uh, to reinvent yourself and still be successful at your craft. All that being said, before we jump into the dynasty content, do you have a, a take on the game? Do you have a prediction who you think is going to win? Man, I it's it's tough. I think it's going to be Kansas City. I, I think that at the end of the day, I, I believe in, in Patrick Mahomes. I also think that they're a little bit more battle-tested in terms of what they had to get through uh, in the playoffs over in the AFC versus the NFC. Beating San Francisco was was impressive, obviously, but it was you're still talking about you know Johnson and Purdy uh, as the quarterbacks they play in. They had to get by Danny Dimes, uh, who had a tremendous season, but that was a mismatch as well. Now you go up against Kansas City, and I think that the Super Bowl is just different. It's two weeks. You have the media circus. And the team that has been here, I, I think that has has a little bit more of an edge. Um, and I'm going to go with with Kansas City there. I think that if they played a best of seven, like if this was the NBA Finals, Philadelphia might be the team. But in one single game, to me, it's Kansas City. I, I agree. Um, everything you said, but um, I think Jalen Hurts is still more hurt, no pun intended, I think I think both of these guys come into the game with injuries with injuries with injuries, and I, I think that Hurts may be actually more injured than Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he has not looked right since he hurt that shoulder. I think luckily for the Eagles, they got up quick. I mean, he made a nice throw to Devonta Smith down the sideline that wasn't actually a catch, but that's what happens when you don't use them their challenge flags. But I, I think when it's all on the line. If this game's as close as Vegas predicts it to be, if I need one of these guys to come back and win a game and pass the ball down the field, I, I and I can take Patrick Mahomes, I'm taking Patrick Mahomes. So I think it's a great game. I think it finishes somewhere like 27-24, 27-30, somewhere in that neighborhood. I think we're, we're going to get enough scoring that it's fun. So obviously I like the over, apparently. I think the over was like, Last I looked was like 51, 52 points. So I think it's going to be, I think Vegas has got this one nailed down from a total standpoint, from how close the game's going to be. So I'm going to say with you, Chiefs somewhere by yeah three points. Like I said, 27, 20, 24 feels right. So the, the most important question is, what's going to be the first song sung by Rihanna? Because we could make some serious money there. Man, I, I like 600 for every single song. Nobody has any idea. Well, well here's, here's the thing. Some moron's going to ruin it, but if, if you're paying attention to Twitter on Thursday, so this happened last year, um, someone was outside the stadium listening to Jennifer, no, was it two years ago, the year that it was Jennifer Lopez and she did Jenny from the Block. Someone was outside and they recorded the length of time the national anthem, you know, dress rehearsal went, 
and the first song that that she sung was Jenny from the Block. And of course, this gets to all the sharps, and they absolutely crush it. They do this with the Gatorade flavor. The only Rihanna song that I really know is Umbrella, because I it's, think that Umbrella is the is the best. Is 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 the, the odds-on favorite? I think so too. It gets you going. I mean, and it's a song everybody kind of knows, and and you don't peaks and valleys. Yeah, you start off with something hot, you slow it down in the middle, you you, you finish with something hot. That that is. Uh, that, that, that is Super Bowl 101, so if, if I had to pick one, I'm going over National Anthem, I'm going Purple Gatorade, and I'm going uh, Umbrella. How about those for three random? I don't even know if they're actually prop props. Hey, somebody's going to take your action if, 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 if you're looking for it. And I'll say, if you're betting the Chiefs, just bet Patrick Mahomes to be the, the MVP as well. Even though it's the short odds, it's like a double bet. If you hit one, you probably hit the other. And you get better odds because if you you have to lay the points or you take the Chiefs money line, you're not going to get the odds. Uh, and and the only thing that I would say against that is if there's like you know, of course you can't predict this like a defensive touchdown. That's one of those. Uh, that's that's one of those uh, things actually. And I got good friend and supporter of the show Mike in the in the YouTube chat. He says, tails never fails. That's true. But over the last several years, they've used a very heavy commemorative coin that has made the, 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 the range and the, the number of outcomes of heads has been disproportionate to the number of tails because they have like the shield as the tail. And then they have some weird commemorative thing that it, it throws the weight of the coin off a little bit and it has made heads comes up. But yes, normally for flipping quarters, Tails never fails. We're flipping these goofy gimmick size of a pie plate NFL coins. It's been heads more often than not. So um, let's get into the dynasty talk, man. Um, good, good stuff there. So, so you're a best baller. So for those that don't know Theo, like I said, you can find him over at the Goat District. You can find him at Roto Underworld. But you are already doing, you are already doing the uh, the the best ball, man. So how many best ball drafts have you got going? Um, where are you playing? What are you seeing? Just give us a, a a quick couple of minute landscape of what's going on with the best ball world because you've been going like really for the last couple of weeks. So I have had one slow draft, which took like a lot of my attention. And then I've done one or two other, you know, just kind of on my own. And then I did a live one the other night with the FFWC that was a hard draft, I would say, like Billy Muzio was in that one. Uh, Josh Larkey was in that one. That was that was a tough draft. Um, so not as many, but some impactful ones, I would say, with some stiff competition. And I will generally kind of keep drafting, um, you know, this month, next month. I want to always kind of have a, a little bit of action going. Most of these are are are, you know, lower stakes, but they're it's like a changing information coming in and being able to kind of get good values on guys before we see like the, the trades, the free agency and, and the rookie market start where kind of there'll be like corrections on ADPs. So I want to try to be ahead of the game um, and try to, you know, draft these guys that I think will rise up in ADP and, and get, get some good early values. So to me, what I'm hearing, and it's almost like you're paying for information Sounds like you're fairly low stakes. You're not playing, and and, and I'm not going to talk about Theo and his bankroll. You know, him and Dan and JD do a great job of po posting what they play for 
over at, at the Goat District, especially in August. I know Dan and, and Theo, they go out to Vegas and they, they play in some big B-I-G tournaments. But it sounds like right now you're playing a little bit cheaper, maybe 25 50 bucks. And what yeah. you're buying right now is you're buying information. You're, you're buying what do the best. You mentioned Billy Muzio, highly ranked over at Fantasy Pros. Josh Larkey, formerly of Roto Underworld and now with the 33rd team. Uh, tremendous best baller in his own right. So so that's what you're really doing right now. You're, you're not afraid to mix it up, knowing that you may be donating, just to kind of get the lay of the land of what some real sharps are, are doing out there in the space. Yeah, I think that there's some something with that where – I also want to have top competition whenever, whenever possible. Um, I think it's it's great to kind of go up against people that you respect, that you're not, you're guys who, who know the marketplace, who who are not going to overdraft guys based on you know previous stats, guys who can kind of try to see forward and try to be you know ahead of the market on guys. I think that there's a certain extent that kind of iron sharpens iron. Like we compete against one another in a in a in a dynasty league where, you know, there's good competition. You want leagues like that where you're going to feel like challenged. So even though it's early on, we haven't even had the Super Bowl being played, I want to go up against people that are not going to let Garrett Wilson last to the third round. They're taking Garrett Wilson in the second round as where he should. You're not going to see Devonta Smith as a third rounder. He's going to go, you know, higher than that. I want guys who are going to, you know, be a, be kind of ahead of the early ADP and, Really, in some of these drafts, I think we're we're kind of setting the early ADP because we're we're some of the first drafts and things kind of keep keep trickling on, especially in these high stakes formats. Yeah, and and I, we talked about this again on the uh, the before I hit the record button show is I don't play a ton of best ball. I just don't. I I just believe in life that if I don't have time to put my best into something, I, I just am not going to do it. It's not about so much the money. It's about the the. I don't know, just something about not being able to put 100% into something. But I love it. You know, JD, your co-host at Goat District, follow JD. JD is awesome, one of my oldest friends in this space. And he does a great job of posting those draft boards with yourself, with Billy Muzio. I know you had Davis Maddock on your also in, in one of these drafts with us as well good very good draft josh larkey and and what i want to see is this is what i'm doing to use it for what we do here at dynasty you know theo and jd and these guys are posting these draft boards and what i'm looking for is i'm looking for a couple of things i'm looking to see who are the veterans you mentioned garrett wilson um, I'm, I'm looking for guys that are a value now that Hey, wait a second. If Josh Larkey, I'm just going to use Josh as my example for this, this conversation. If Josh Larkey is taking Garrett Wilson in the second round, that means Garrett Wilson is going to have a really good 2023, which can help my dynasty roster. And if he has a really good 2023, that's only going to elevate his overall dynasty status. So by watching what you guys are doing in seasonal best ball leagues, I can then correlate that back to our dynasty space and say, hey, these guys are my crystal ball. These guys are my North Star. They're pointing the way for the 2023 season. They're showing me guys that, I mean, let's be honest, when you play dynasty, what are you looking for? You're looking for equity. You're, you're, you're looking to buy, at, even, if, even if I buy Garrett Wilson right now at market, whatever it is, whatever his acquisition cost is. And he has the season that the best of the best 
from a seasonal and a best ball standpoint, say he's going to have, then I've bought equity. Not only am I going to get points, I'm going to potentially win some leagues, but I'm also going to have a more valuable dynasty asset at the end of the season. Does does that make sense? Because this is what I steal from you and Dan and JD and the like. Yeah, and I think that that's a great way of looking at things. And I think that everybody is high on Garrett Wilson in dynasty. I think even if you talk to a player who maybe is not as as active or as 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 sharp a dynasty player as a guy like you um everybody understands Garrett Wilson's a, a dynasty asset but I don't think the market has caught up with just how valuable he is I think like when we start doing dynasty startups I think Garrett Wilson is going to be like wide receiver five I think he's going to be extremely highly drafted where you might get to pay some some people still might have him as a low-end wide receiver one in Dynasty or maybe a super high-end wide receiver two, whereas redraft-wise, he's going to be a second-round pick next year as a second-year player, which is extremely impressive. The two guys who I really think wide receiver-wise, maybe the Dynasty market has not caught up with but are going to be second-rounders next year are Wilson and Devonta Smith. Those two guys, I think, will be, at the very least, I think Devonta Smith is like a 2-3 turn guy, um, where I think if you spoke to some dynasty managers, they might have Devonta Smith as more of like a mid-level wide receiver two, but I think he's more like a a low-end wide receiver one in dynasty. And I think Garrett Wilson is, after Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, you can make an argument for, for Garrett Wilson at wide receiver three overall in Dynasty right now. I think that's kind of where he's at. CeeDee Lamb, some other guys are maybe a little bit safer, but at the end of the day, I, I'm extremely bullish on Wilson. And I think I'm seeing other sharp redraft players kind of setting that tone. So I like looking at the correlation where those two guys are already second rounders in redraft. They're valuable in Dynasty, but maybe I can make a pivot in Dynasty where I am able to trade for Wilson at 80 cents on the dollar, trade for Devonta Smith at 80 cents on the dollar, or pivot from a guy that's a little bit older that, you know, might go a little higher than Wilson next year, but we kind of see the train has left the station and and Wilson as a dominant, dominant dynasty wide receiver, that that is right around the, right around the corner. And I think if you look at it just from a sheer number standpoint, he had 148 targets as a rookie, uh, I, I think I'm correct on 148, somewhere right around there. And he had the draft capital, top 10 pick, was unbelievably successful in college and was able to overcome some pretty bad quarterback play this year. So I think the, like, that's a guy who you should kick the tires on. Um, even if it feels like it might be a slight overpay, I don't think it's going to feel like an overpay in August. Well, and... and- Again, everybody wants to act on complete information. And I, I use what you best ballers do almost like I use the, the Wall Street Journal. I'm trying to, you know, see what the best of the best are predicting is going to happen. And, and then you and I talked about it on the before I hit the record button show is that we know there's a quarterback upgrade coming. Yeah. We, we know this. I mean, we haven't seen it yet. So, we you know, some people don't feel comfortable to act. We know that in the next two months, whether it be a, uh, a Jimmy Garoppolo, a Derek Carr, a big best case scenario is Aaron Rodgers 
is that there's going to be a new QB in town in in New York. But what happens when that when that move becomes official? When that trade you know gets done, or Jimmy G or someone signs in, in free agency there, then someone's going to go, oh yeah, Garrett Wilson's going to be the benefactor of that. We better raise his value. Well, if we know it's going to happen today, even though it hasn't happened, why can't we act on that in, that unknown but yet known information today and take advantage of that? And, and, and you see other people, again, Josh Larkey, Davis Maddock, Billy Muzio. If you don't know these guys from a redraft and a best ball standpoint, I highly highly suggest you search their names on the thing called the internet. If you search them out, you're going to see that these guys are ballers. And it feels like they're pricing the information in. So why can't we buy now, let them have the season, and then you may get Garrett Wilson for, let's just say for an easy number, 201. He's the he's the, the, the second, the first, he's like wide receiver 12 or 13 off the board in a startup. Startup season's right around the corner. That's why I'm doing this show for, for the listeners, usually right after the Super Bowl, you get the MFL changeover, sleeper, startups really get going in earnest in Dynasty. So if you get a guy that, that currently is going somewhere around wide receiver 10, 11, 12, I think that's a fair guesstimate of where he's going. Because there are still services out there, guys, and I, I'm not taking a cheap shot at anybody. But there are services out there that still have Devontae Adams and Cooper Cup and Stephon Diggs ahead of this guy. And we got to get ahead of the market. So I'm kind of using you guys like the Wall Street Journal. Yeah, and I think that's a great way of, of looking at it. And we talked about, a little bit about this in the pre-show, but whether it's best ball, whether it's dynasty, and also redraft to an extent, certain managers need to see it first before they're going to act on it. The most successful managers in dynasty and also redraft and best ball but especially Dynasty are forward thinking. They know when to get out from underneath a, a guy and they know when to, to kind of buy a guy be, before he pops. We see that in redraft as well, but in Dynasty, it, it's, it's from the utmost importance because once a guy starts to lose it in the NFL, they really lose it. And once guys start to lose value in Dynasty, I mean, you've seen it a million times where these guys just lose it. So uh, I think that that's a, that's a great, great point you, you brought up. All right. Well, let's get into some buys and sells. Um, well, just about value in general. I don't want to just generically throw out buys and sells, but you know, who are some veteran players that you're seeing in best ball drafts that are maybe falling, especially to where they were drafted last year, that might have some potential value that we can go out and buy? Um, guys that I mentioned, and I'll focus on one, um, I think Mike Gusecki, he's going to be a free agent. The Dolphins aren't going to re-sign him. Um, Hayden Hurst is a free agent in Cincinnati. I'd love to see Gusecki wind up there. There's talk that the Chargers are going to cut Gerald Everett. I would love to see Gusecki wind up there. Derek Carr, you know, he's going to go somewhere, whether it's Washington. I think Washington's a good landing spot. New Orleans has been rumored. I think the perfect spot for Carr is Carolina. You know, good defense, crappy competition around him. He could win that division two or three years in a row. And uh, But the guy that I, I really like because, again, I'm acting on the incomplete but complete information is A.J. Dillon. You know, I think it's all but a foregone conclusion at this point that Aaron Rodgers is going to be gone. And when they move Aaron Rodgers, even via trade and some rework, there's going to be a, a cap hit in there, and it's going to be substantial. 
And I know Aaron Jones is a year, uh, he, he was a draft class 2017 guy. He'll be going into his seventh NFL season. He's going to be expensive. And who else is in that backfield on a, on a rookie deal? None other than A.J. Dillon, who for the most part underperformed last year and disappointed in just about every format of fantasy football. It's A.J. Dillon. So if I, if I think there's a guy out there that I'm keeping an eye on your guys' – when I say you guys because I don't play a lot of AD, uh, of uh, best ball, but I'll be watching high-stakes ADP, and, and, and I want to see what happens with A.J. Dillon's you know, draft capital and these, where, where he's going. And he's a guy that I'm looking to add. I've never been a big A.J. Dillon guy, but I think his situation is about ready to look like Alfred Morris with, uh, with a young RG3 when he gets Jordan Love under center. And he's the beneficiary of a potential cap casualty in Aaron Jones and just a larger usage share. What are your thoughts on Dylan and who are some of the guys in that same veteran vein that, that you're looking at? I really like your Dylan call. And I think that this is another edge we can get um, on, on our opponents, whether it's Dynasty Redraft or Best Ball, is we need to look at the season in terms of splits rather than, you know, lump lump stats aj Dillon was definitely a disappointment um you know if you look at it from a, a whole year perspective but aj Dillon did finish the season um you know on, on a decent tear where if you look at his final six games versus versus the entire season um you know to me i'd rather see a guy close the season well than open the season well and then kind of fade especially when it comes to younger players. So, you know, we know that there's going to be familiar familiarity with the coaching staff, even if there's a quarterback change, which it looks like there could be. Um, I think Dylan is a really nice call by you. A couple of guys who I would be looking at that I think are veterans that are, are still somewhat uh, affordable in dynasty right now, Miles Sanders, who I know you're a big fan of. Um, and I know you were able to acquire him in a lot of dynasty leagues this year. We even did a trade where where you got some got some Miles Sanders. Um, Miles Sanders right now is is still going like let me pull up the ADP. He goes as running back twenty eight in one draft, and another draft I I do not recall, but about the same the same range. There are people worried about the fact that he's a free agent, and there's a little bit of like a lack of clarity for where he's going to be next year. But I think based on his season this past year, where he was running back 10 on the year, the chances of him landing a starting role somewhere are, I feel, extremely high, highly um, in terms of my confidence level that we're going to see Miles Sanders as the day one uh, opening day starting running back. More likely than not, he's going to stick with the Philadelphia Eagles. If he doesn't, I think he's going to land in a situation where at least he's going to be looked at as a guy who is going to get some decent volume. And there's a chance that he sees a larger role with the team he lands with. So Miles Sanders is one I'm looking at. Um, I'm looking at cheaper wise, Jamal Williams, who it seems kind of like a low hanging fruit where, hey, the guy had a bunch of touchdowns. Let's go acquire him. But I think that people are, are not really buying into what he did last season. He's another free agent running back, but I think he's going to be back with the Lions this year. It makes sense for him to kind of stick with them where he's had success. And I think that the fact that there's so many running backs on the open market 
And like we talked about in the pre-show for your patrons, you know, we expect a lot of these running backs to be drafted on day two. A guy like Jamal Williams is probably just going to, you know, take a slight raise and stay in town with Detroit. Um, so he's a guy that I think you can kick the tires on some low offers. Uh, and then on a guy that'll cost you more, but I'm just a little bit surprised that he's not going a little bit higher in redraft is Ramondre Stevenson. Ramondre Stevenson um, was number three in the NFL in terms of running back targets last year. He was the only first or second year player to finish as an RB1. And I think that the market has not really caught up on it. I think that there's always going to be some apprehension that a Bill Belichick running back is going to eventually be Bill Belichick. But I think Ramondre Stevenson is just different. I also think that we're not going to see Damian Harris back as a New England Patriot. So I think that you're looking at Ramondre Stevenson as the offensive focal point where I think that there's a good chance that his backups are just going to be Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris. Um, I think there's a good chance those guys are the backups. And I think that Stevenson will have a similar role next year. Uh, right now, he's going as like a fourth rounder in in these, these early uh, best ball drafts, whereas you would have thought that maybe he'd be a third rounder. And I think that in dynasty leagues, um, he's a little bit older than you'd want to see from a second a second year running back. But I just think everything's on the table for him to be a running back one again next year. And I think that that New England offense is going to at least invest in getting it better. So I'm looking at Stevenson if you want to spend up a little bit. Uh, I'm also into Jerry Judy right now, where Jerry Judy, you talk about A.J. Dillon uh, as a guy like, you know, that disappointed, but we look at, you know, how he did uh, to finish the season. Jerry Judy um, was wide receiver 14 overall from weeks 12 through week 17. And I think that there's going to be, I kind of liken the Broncos Obviously, I have a lot of concerns about Russell Wilson. Um, it's not a, really an exact uh, comparison, but they were bottom of the NFL in points per game. They make a significant coaching upgrade going with Sean Payton. And I believe that the pass catching weapons in Denver are interesting this year. Um, there's one more guy I'm going to get to in terms of another Bronco when we talk about some younger players, but I'm into Jerry Judy. In the war zone, I've heard you kind of talk about this wide receiver class not being quite as deep. I would kind of kick the tires. Um, if I'm a if I have, you know, early seconds, late firsts, I'm kind of kicking the tires to see if I could work out a deal to maybe get a Jerry Judy, who I think is going to step in and be a locked in wide receiver two next year. Um, and then one cheap wide receiver is Jacoby Myers, because I think he's going to land extremely well as a free agent. Um, I think that he's a guy that could be interesting in Dynasty. He is coming off the 67-catch season with 804 yards and six touchdowns. The year before, he had 83 catches. Um, and again, you've talked about how bad this free agent, free agent class is. I think Jacoby Myers could be a guy that's just going to get a big contract, and he's going to step into a big situation. Well, I'll stick with with Myers and the the Patriots in general before I get to my final question and get you get you on down the road. Is that so? The Sean Payton to Denver is the great distraction from the real offense that I want to buy on, which is the New England Patriots. They actually got this thing. It's called an offensive coordinator that's actually offensive coordinated before. You know, everybody's talking about Denver and, and Sean Payton, and, you know, that's all true. And I do agree with Jerry Judy, but that's going to drive prices up. 
I'm looking at I'm looking at New England because Bill O'Brien's now the offensive coordinator. And I think Bill O'Brien's reputation as the worst GM maybe in NFL history blinds us from the fact that he's actually one of the best play callers in NFL history. Now they lost this game, but he was the head coach that in the AFC championship game against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid that had like a 21 or 24 point lead that they ultimately blew. But that's the kind of offensive mind that that Bill O'Brien is. Um, I've already said it on my own show, and I've actually, in one of our patron leagues, I've traded for Mac Jones. Um, I think the Patriots organization is a buy-on in its entirety, along with Pittsburgh. But you mentioned younger guys. So who are some of the younger guys that you're looking for a big 2023? Um, maybe some are under the radar. Maybe they're more mi- modest prices. Um, I think these create nice dynasty equity buys. Um, I don't think you're hearing enough about Trey McBride because Kyler Murray's hurt, but I think they'll move on from Zach Ertz, who's uh, who's already hurt. Um, Khalil Herbert, he's kind of starting to get a little bit of buzz out there because David Montgomery is a free agent, but and a, and a guy that I really like. You know, speaking of best ball, if you play a dynasty best ball, because the Saints are so far over the cap. Like currently, without like a viable quarterback, as we said, I think they're like $59 million over the cap. And this guy flashed. It's Rashid Shahid. I mean, he's he's like a throw-in in a dynasty trade. I mean, just you know, just a kind of guy. Obviously, he's not gonna be Chris Alave, but when Mike when Mike Thomas doesn't come back and you know, if they were to get a Derek Carr, I think Rashid Shahid, and I hope I'm saying, pronouncing that correctly. Those are some of the the low-key, under-the-radar guys, but I, I want to see what are you seeing, who are the one- and two-year guys bef- that, that you're into. I love your Rashid Shahid uh, call because if if a couple of those those wide receivers drafted ahead of him or, you know, a couple, like let's say David Bell did what Rashid Shahid did this past year in terms of stats, like people would be going nuts. Uh, the Khalil Shakur, and there's another yeah. guy, that, that if he had those stat, that stat line. A hundred percent. If if Khalil Shakir had had done what Shahid did down the stretch, he'd be like a ninth round pick right now in, in these best ball drafts. Like people would be losing their mind over him. Um, that's a great, great call. Weber State, man, putting out Damian Lillard and now Rashid Shahid. So shout out to Weber State. Um, young guys that I think are somewhat affordable that I think could 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 do better than than what people are drafting at in terms of ADP. Jahan Dotson, I'm into. Dotson, um, you know, was the 16th overall pick. He ends up with seven touchdown catches. He had an injury in the middle of the season, and he was still able to come back extremely strong. Uh, Jahan Dotson was a top 20 wide receiver over the last few weeks of the season. He really flashes. I mean, his highlight reel was top notch, and I think that the commanders uh, have a lot of faith in him, and I think he could take a big step forward in year two. Um, obviously there's question marks at quarterback, but I don't think there's question marks in Jahan Dotson's, uh, talent. And I think that I've seen a couple of people kind of relitigating this, uh, the, the 2022 draft class. And I don't think there's nearly enough love for, for Jahan Dotson for what he flashed with. He was not a guy that I loved coming out of Penn state, but I'll take my L Uh, we see what the guy can do against NFL defenders. I think he's a legit player and I think he's very affordable. I'll stay in Washington it's a boring player, but I think he's going to help fantasy teams next season. And that's Brian Robinson. I think Brian Robinson is going to see a lot of volume. That is Ron Rivera's guy. 
I think that Antonio Gibson might not be a commander next year. And I think that Brian Robinson has a very good chance of being an RB2, just on a, a high-volume guy. Um, I think he's going to see a number of carries, and I think he'll be a big part of that offense next year, for better or for worse. Investing in, in offenses that are potentially bad is, is not necessarily the greatest way of going about Dynasty, but I do believe in, in Dotson and Robinson. I think both those guys are going to have a role, and I think they're both affordable right now, and they both show that they can play in the NFL. The other young player at the tight end position is Dulcich. I, I, I'll continue with Denver. I think it's going to be a consolidated target tree. I saw enough from Greg Dulcich. He didn't end the season well, but he had a, a couple of games where he really flashed his talent. Um, I liked him as a prospect, and I think that he is a, going to be a big part of the offense this year. And I think that he's still affordable in Dynasty. I think he'll be a tight end one this coming season um, with a chance to be like a top eight tight end. And then the other running back is Rashad White, who's going to cost you something. But I think that right now is a good time because of the question marks at Tampa Bay in terms of what direction that team is, is heading in. Um, but I do think White flashed a lot of juice as a runner last year. And I think that he'll be used more as a receiver in year two as Tampa has a little more faith in him. Leonard Fournette, I think, will get cut. He averaged 3.5 yards a carry last year. Leonard Fournette is dust. And I want to try to just get – there's always going to be some people that think it's going to be a split backfield again, but I don't see any reason for them to keep Fournette. I think it's Rashad White. Yeah, I, I like all that. And then we'll wrap this one up on a positive note because this is one thing that we don't know, but the information will eventually become clear. And I want to talk about that Denver backfield. You know, we, we, we Denver backfield, I guess we, we'll go back to the New Orleans backfield under Sean Payton. I think it's easy to, rem to reminisce, and we should, because Alvin Kamara has been a great fantasy and dynasty asset for the last six years. But, I mean, also under Sean Payton, we've seen Pierre Thomas. We've seen Darren Sproles. So I'm looking to see. Currently, the only player that really fits that bill in Denver's Eno Benjamin. I don't think he'll be there next year. But I will tell you this. This will tell you a lot about the health of Javante Williams, and it will tell you a lot about what they have planned for that backfield. With this running back class of rookies coming up in 2023, we've already talked to Bruce Matson. We've already talked to Garrett Price. We've got, you know, Jerry and I have done a mock draft. If, if he can avoid real high-end, not fucking Melvin Gordon, but real high-end competition either via the draft or free agency, that tells us that Javante's healthy and that Sean Payton's going to have a big role for him. And I'm not telling you you need to go out and make a big buy on Javante Williams. I'm just saying that throw out the last year Sean Payton was in, was in New Orleans. Take the five previous years, 2016 through 2020. All five years, his team was top five in points scored. His team was all uh, was top five in yards. So if you're looking to speculate into an offense, you know, Theo plays a ton of best ball. If you want to take a late-round dart in like a 20, 25-man, 28-man roster, man, I'm going to throw a K.J. Hamler on there because he can probably win me a week. And imagine the AFC West, Theo, if they managed to add a guy like Aaron Rodgers. You're talking Mahomes, you're talking Russell Wilson, you're talking Rodgers, you're talking Herbert. Between the NFC East and the AFC and the AFC West, that's all we're watching in primetime in 2023.
Yeah, that sounds good to me, man. Hey, uh, you're, you're an East Coast guy, so I, I know you like uh, you like those Giants and Cowboys and Eagles matchups out there. You gotta love the NFC East. Um, <laughs> I mean, the NFL does. I mean, they they bring eyeballs. Yeah, no, for sure, and and it was very successful this season. I, I think that's a great call. Um, it's similar to your your J.K. Dobbins by last offseason, where you're not overpaying, but you you this might be a great window to kind of get in there. Um, where there's going to be some apprehensive uh, Javante Williams uh, managers, as there should be, because, you know, if Denver does draft a running back, you know, you might be kind of in a bad spot. But I think it's the, it's the kind of player that you want to go get, where it's the system. We think that the offense is going to take a step forward. I mean, we know the offense has to take a step forward. You're not going to be last in points per game back-to-back years, um, and I especially with Sean Payton. So Javante is super, super interesting right now in Dynasty. Let me ask you this. What would you feel comfortable giving up for Javante Williams before the draft? Uh, one QB league, I would give up anything around like the one, around the 105. 105. I no. mean, I mean, how about this? If if he were in this 2023 class, as of what I've seen today, obviously I don't know all the landing positions. I've not seen the combine. A lot can change. The only running backs I want ahead of him out of this class today are Jameer Gibbs and B. John Robinson. I like Zach Evans. I like Charbonnet. Uh, we call him Charbonnet. You know, we we know you got to American that you know that French name up. But uh, you know, Charbonnet. Uh, I love Sean Tucker. Uh, Tejon Spears got a ton of hype. You and I talked before we hit the record button about Kendra Miller. There's a lot of good running backs, but I just know that everybody has has him and Williams being him pronouns. Um, has him in such high regard that I, I think he can do it all. I think he's Mark Ingram plus when Mark Ingram was absolutely destroying in this Sean Payton offense. So um, I've not seen much on medicals, and I'm I'm this level of nerd and detective. I put on my Columbo rain hat and my detective, my Sherlock Holmes magnifying glass. I'm checking dude's Twitter. I'm checking Javante Williams' Instagram, TikTok. I'm stalking this man everywhere to see if I can see anything, and I and I haven't. But yeah, I'd be happy giving up the 105 and, and a super flex because I do like these QBs. And I mean, the churn at the QB position in super flex is so high. I would say probably like the 108, 109. Because I'm I'm going to go QB because I think this year I think the top half of a super flex draft you're going to get a couple of two or three running backs. You're going to get Johnston. You're going to get Jackson Smith and Jigba, and then around that 109 range give or take is like is the spot i'd be happy giving it up i think that makes a lot of sense and i i will say that javante is falling in these early best balls so i i would kick the tires with a little bit lower than the 105 i think there's certain managers who just want to get out from from you know injury risk and i think that that's uh you make some great points at the at the, the bullish outcome for him um and yeah that's uh that's definitely a guy I, i'm i'm interested in as well well, you mentioned the term earlier. You said getting some eyeballs on. How do we get more eyeballs on you, Theo, and, and what you're doing? So what's going on with you and the GOAT District and, uh, and Roto Underworld? Yeah, so you can find me in the GOAT District. We're, we're putting out um, you know, at least one, one podcast a week. Most weeks, it's, it's multiple podcasts. Uh, you can find my written work um, over at Player Profiler. And then starting in March, uh, you'll find me uh, doing a, a number of podcasts over there as well. I'll still be in the GOAT district, um, but you'll be able to find me on multiple multiple uh, formats. I'm going to be pretty active over there uh, in the Roto Underworld this season. 
man, I, I can't wait. Uh, I, I got to admit, I, I've got to ask. I want to ask you a couple of questions. Um, also for the patrons at the end of the show, but I'm going to get you out of here because what people don't know is I've had you, I've had you for about an hour and a half and I know, I know you got a, a job and two podcasts and kids and God knows what else, but I, I, I'm in the war zone and I highly recommend uh, the patron. Uh, we put out a bunch of, a bunch of good, good content. If you're a patron uh, member, um, and highly recommended if you're not, uh, these guys, I listen to the war zone. It's a great podcast. We've, we've had you guys in the GOAT district so many times. I've been fortunate to be able to come over here. Jerry usually skips when I'm, I'm in, in, in the war zone, which I'm like, what's well, you're, you're the Well, you're the pitch hitter, so I'm, I'm going to be fair. So, so you know, Jerry reached out. So we've been doing Sundays, and this Sunday was great, right? No Super Bowl. So I was like, man, this is going to be great. Um, you know, uh, you know, most people know we were toward the end of the show. If you stuck around this long, this is almost like the end of the, the Patreon podcast. My, my son's... Uh, 15, but he's playing high school baseball. But when you're 15, you can't drive a car. And when you have practice at 6 a.m., someone, i.e. me, has to get up at 5 a.m. to drive you at practice. So I was like, man, dude, dude Sunday night's going to be perfect. And Jerry, um, his wife had a function, and Jerry wanted to be a good husband. And, of course, we encourage Jerry to be a good husband. So Jerry's not avoiding you. I'll make sure that uh, we're, we're next, getting, time, next time I'm in the war zone. I want. I want to. Uh, I'm going to tell him. I'm going to tell him, Jerry. You you you've backed me in a corner. Theo said he's not coming back if 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 you're not here. And make sure you come back next week. Next week I have good friend and former co-host of the show, John Sheps, coming on. He and the gang from Toilets to Titles. They went down to Mobile, where they took in the Senior Bowl, and they're going to be. Uh, he and and his, uh, I guess I'll say co-host, but one of his many co-hosts and guys that do content over at Toilet to Titles, uh, Nino Brown. They're going to stop by next Monday night and talk running backs with me. So that was very kind of them. Sunday the 12th, we have the Super Bowl. Tuesday the 20th, oh, excuse me, Tuesday the 14th, we have this thing called Valentine's Day. Folks, don't mess that up. That's a pro tip that you're not going to get on a lot of Dynasty podcasts. Don't mess up Valentine's Day. Um, but man, be sure to check out Theo at the OG fantasy, check out the goat district, man. They've had some great guests. They've had, you know, Billy Muzio, they've had Davis Maddock, um, just a lot. And, and Theo does some stuff with Dan and JD. He does some stuff with Dan. Um, I can't recommend that, that group of podcasters enough. And, uh, but, and besides some checkered history with, uh, Mr. Matt Kelly, I cannot recommend the website player profiler and what Theo does over there, man. Theo, thank you so much for coming on. Not anytime. Appreciate it. All right. So on behalf of Theo, I am Memphis. And remember here at the dynasty war zone, we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. We'll be back here next week with, uh, John Sheps and Nino Brown from Toilets of Titles. Until then, enjoy the Super Bowl and uh, we'll talk soon. See you guys. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. We won a game yesterday. And if we win one today, that's two in a row. We win one tomorrow, that's called a winning streak.